Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. 2006, we've got in studio a man who needs no introduction to South African's advocate, Kheri Nell, who's now prosecuting with AfriForum. He's the head of AfriForum's private prosecution unit. Of course, we know him best and most as a former state advocate, state prosecutor. Good evening, advocate Kheri Nell. Good evening, Zagezo. Are you well? I'm fairly okay in yourself. Not too bad, thank you. We were talking like 30 seconds ago before the production team like really wanted me to get on air. So I appreciate the candid conversation you and I had off air in leading to this particular conversation. And just for the record to the South Africans, we are talking to Advocate Kheri Nell, who's the head of AfriForum's private prosecution unit. We just want to take initially a trip down memory lane, who Kheri Nell is, um, who this fighter, this bull terrier of a man, that we came to know at love and especially adore for his commitment to the rule of law. We will talk about some of the high-profile cases that he has handled, not so much the political aspects of, but rather the legal implications thereof from a jurisprudential perspective, which I would imagine then would have hit certain political nerves and how important that would have been in creating not just the legal order of equality before the rule of law, but the apparent appreciation of equality before the rule of law. And then, of course, we talk about what broke the camel's back, the straw that broke the camel's back in him deciding to leave the National Prosecuting Authority for a career in private prosecution with AfriForum. So to the extent that you wish to participate in this conversation, and again, I would urge you to call as soon as possible. Otherwise, I have absolutely no issue in talking to Kheri indefinitely. I can do that, and I'm sure he's happy to talk to me. Indeed, I am. 891 That's the number to dial. And we are with each other for the next 45 or so minutes. Advocate now. opening so, statement. Say what you want. Tell us what we don't know. Tell us what you've always wanted South Africans to know about you. Something that's going to make me think, ah, I don't know that. How nice. What don't we know about you? <laughs> Very little. Uh, what I can say is an opening statement that I think I'm fortunate. I'm uh, at the end of a career, and I'm, I've started something very exciting. Um, you know, to create a office for pr- private prosecutions is unique. It's unique not only in South Africa, it's unique in the world. It uh, really, when I was uh, contemplating a retirement, and then I got this opportunity, and now daily I go to the office and I'm excited. Everything we do is new. And uh, so that's what we keep ourselves busy with. You would have retired. Did you want to retire at the time that you did when you left the NPA? No, I wouldn't say I wanted to retire then. But, you know, at the NPA, having done big cases, I think you, you get to a stage when you think that I've done it all. Um, I've given my, my all. I've given my best. And um, I was uh, really contemplating playing lots of golf and uh, getting out. But uh, now, now things have changed. You could have been wrestling, frankly, literally, not figuratively as you are now. You could have been f- literally wrestling. I could have. I, you know, I've been a wrestler for 50 years. I'm, I'm a coach for more than 20 years at Menlo Park Wrestling Club. There I coach uh, small children, four, five, and six. And it's absolutely brilliant. You know, I coach children every th- Tuesday and Thursday. You have a very tense day at the office. You're very stressed. But when you get there to the club, you only coach Harry. And uh, what those young kids do, I mean, they give their all. They, they really work hard. They will do everything you ask them to do. And they are relaxed. After an hour of coaching, I go home and I'm relaxed. It's an outlet of sorts then, would you say? Uh, it's my outlet every week. Um, and, and it does wonders for you. It uh, opens you up, it uh, relaxes you, and it gives you just an impetus to just carry on. Let's talk about a wrestling of a different kind in the courtroom, battling out with the rule of law, in particular the Criminal Procedure Act. Tell us about your, your career as a prosecutor. Where did it all start? Where was the passion ignited? Where did you really believe or see that, okay, I've come of age, I'm the now now, and I think I'm an asset to this country and its rule of law? And when you hit your peak, 
you were like, okay, I think I've done my service to the country. Talk through, talk us through those years, please. Uh, well, none of that. Um, Zinguza, it's very difficult for me to talk about myself. I haven't done it before. But what I will tell you is that I think I'm one of those people that have the personality to only be a prosecutor and nothing else. Um, I absolutely hate bullies. And that's why I decided on this career, you know, that I see bullies in a different light. Uh, anybody that would go into your house and rob you at gunpoint, uh, steal your stuff, uh, those are bullies. It's just unfair. I absolutely hate unfairness. And, the, and uh, that's what the prosecutor can do every day. Prosecutor every day works with unfairness, works against bullies, works for the rule of law. And, uh, you know, when uh, Mr. Nguka started the NPA and I uh, joined his office, uh, we had a motto that we will be the lawyers for the people. And I really enjoyed being the lawyer for the people. Too. Quite frankly, you are the lawyers for the people because the National Prosecuting Authority fulfills a, a critical public mandate, prosecuting on behalf of the state that represents the morals of society, the bonus mores. And in that regard, even without that particular disposition as adopted by Mr. Nguga, the former NDPPP, it always was. But I think it was also equally important, and this is the sense I'm getting from you, to really impress that ultimately we are not here for the career if you want a career go to the bar if you are here you are here to serve and serve the people has it always been like that at the npa yes i think so um you know um i've done lots of big cases and for me that moment after a matter you, you go through the matter with the family there's lots of consultation there's lots of heartache there's lots of tension but if at the end of the trial, if it all went well and the family can sit down with you and just thank you, that they can now move on, that there's closure for them, that they feel that justice is done, no money can pay for that. Um, you know, we as prosecutors, we have that opportunity to sit down with a family that's been through trauma. And uh, if that happens to you, it gives you the energy and the will to take up the ne next matter. And uh, so for a prosecutor, it's really about serving the people. It's really about that one moment when you get justice, when you look down and you see justice was now done. For us, for us, that is the ultimate price that you can get. Of course, justice is not so accessible a term for many people. And let's talk about how expensive private prosecutions, no, sorry, not private prosecutions, defending matters in law really can be. I'll just use, and I'm, I really apologize to those who might be touched by this example, but for instance, the Oscar trial took years to settle versus the Luanda Bota one, the killer of Uinen Mkhojan. Matter of months, the guy is guilty, he's got his sentence. And a lot of that owes itself to resources. It really is a question of access to justice, how much resources you have behind you or backing you, it, it determines the extent to which the law touches you. Is that not a fair remark to make in the light of the country's inequality? I think it is, it, 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 just only in a sense though. You know that we have public defenders that really try the utmost. Um, we have no accused that will appear in a criminal matter without legal representation, either on his own account or uh, paid by for the state as far as legal aid is concerned. And then it goes, f there are two other issues, Zengizu, uh, that people must know is if as a prosecutor, you prosecute a matter and you feel that there's an unfairness, you will never proceed with the matter. You also have an obligation not only to the victims of the matter, but you have an obligation to society at large and to justice. Uh, so everything that you might find in your case docket that is to the benefit of the accused, you'll make available. Um, because you cannot live with yourself for uh, getting somebody convicted uh, unfairly. And the same goes with uh, presiding officers, you know, magistrates and judges. They also have an obligation towards all the parties, but uh, more so towards the accused to ensure that justice is done. Uh, our legal system, the criminal justice system, uh, is so that, uh, you know, we have to disclose the case docket to the accused beforehand. Uh, he would know everything that the state can bring up against him. Only then can he sit down and, and work out a defense or give his defense. So I do think that there are lots of issues in our law that will protect an accused. Mm. Um, but where you're right, um, that uh, 
if there's lots of money for a defense, then there, there must be lots of money for expert evidence and, and, and lots of those kind of things. But in the main, you know, we, we talk and, and we look at, at the um, Oscar Pretorius matter, but there are literally hundreds and thousands of matters every day mm. in the magistrate's court where I believe justice is done. Without, uh, without doubt, without the fact that people don't have the means to get private counsel, sitting where I'm sitting, having had a career as a prosecutor in the hundreds and thousands of matters in the magistrate's court, I believe justice is done. No, no, we appreciate that, and I wouldn't at all want to undermine the role that the NPA, together with its um, complementary partners in delivering justice to those persons who otherwise might not have the means, including but not limited to legal aid, South Africa and the like. Let's talk about Section 34 of the Constitution because really that is the basis of the criminal procedure or the, the, the rights of criminals. Section 34, I mean, it entitles everyone to bring a dispute to a court or tribunal to seek redress. I mean, that is fundamentally important, the presumption of innocence until proven innocence. Um, you have to appear before a magistrate or a judge within 48 hours of being arrested. Some things which we might take for granted now, but you having been there in both orders, if you like, the pre-94 order and the constitutional order, something fundamentally good about the rule of law, especially for the rights of accused persons. Indeed, indeed. You know, it, it goes so far that people would criticize the Constitution by saying it's leaning over to protect an accused. But having been a prosecutor for so many years, um, I do think that... Um, our Constitution, as far as the Bill of Rights is concerned, as far as the right of accused is concerned, is pitched at, at the correct level. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting where I'm sitting, and we've all, all over the years we said we would rather let three people or four people walk free that are guilty than have one um, innocent person be convicted. But I do think that our laws now reach a stage where I also criticize those matters where people are acquitted but they should have been convicted. I do think that they, um, there are enough checks and balances in our law at the moment that we should also frown on those matters where people are too easily convicted. And I think one should now move away of the, the mindset that uh, we'd rather have people uh, that, are, uh, that are guilty be set free. So I do think that there's more fairness now. And uh, the checks and balances in our law that I really trust in Zengezu. Despite those checks and balances, do you just want to spend a little bit more time? I mean, I want you to really unpack this issue when that balance has to be achieved. Okay, let's rather have somebody who is guilty be free than somebody who is not guilty otherwise be pronounced as guilty. I mean, that is a strong statement to make and a necessary one I accept because you don't want to limit rights. You would rather then give somebody who's otherwise not due his or her rights rights and then take away rights that are absolutely otherwise available for that person who then without those rights would be unfair and in fact unconstitutional. How but does that balance get achieved? But you see um, Zengeza it's a bit unfair for you and I. We're sitting in the studio, we're discussing this and we, we're having this discussion but if you think about the victims of that particular crime yeah. and, and if you see the law from their standpoint mm -hmm. then it's a bit different. Sure. <laughs> then then you, you want people to pay for what I they've done. Right. So it's so, therefore, I do think that it's necessary for our courts just to, you know, rise above these wrestling, like you say, the court of law, apply the rights, apply the Constitution, apply the rules of natural justice to ensure that, that justice is done. Um, I'm, you see, that's why I could never be a judge. I don't have the personality to be. I would much rather uh, be in the court trying my best to get justice done, trying my best to get a conviction where I believe there should be a conviction, and there are people with the necessary skill and personalities to just rise up, take into account the law, take into account the Constitution, and apply that. Um, so it's very difficult to, uh, to strike that balance, but what I do believe sitting where I'm sitting is if there's a balance, it should be tipped over to ensure that Innocent people are not convicted because I think that is the worst thing that can ever happen as far as the criminal justice system is concerned for innocent person to be, to be convicted of a crime he never committed. Advocate Kheri Nell, head of Every Forum's private prosecution, in conversation with me, we know him best as the advocate of the state, state prosecutor with the National Prosecuting Authority. It's 20 past. Advocate Nell returns in conversation with me after the break. Get on that dial 0891. 
104207. That's the number to dial. I'm not going to tell you when this conversation is over because I want us to get talking with him. He's not going anywhere. Please, after this. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Call Songhez or now. 0891-104-207. Advocate Kheri now in the house. South African Rights Group, AfriForum, made legal history when they launched the country's first dedicated private prosecutions unit to be headed by former state prosecutor Advocate Kheri now. The development came amid accusation that the country's NPA was politically biased and highly selective about the prosecutions it pursued. But what exactly is a private prosecution? What needs to happen or not to happen for a private prosecution to be instituted? Think certificate nolle prosecui for those who are criminal law students. I remember that some 15 years ago. I've never had to use it, fortunately. Although this unit is done by AfriForum, it is South Africa's first, have there ever been any private prosecutions in South Africa before that you can talk to us about? If you have any comments about this particular discussion, 891 is a question. If nothing about this particular discussion, you just want to get to know Kheri Nal, the man himself, of course he's more than willing to take your calls on. Again, 891 Advocate Kheri Nal, we're going to talk about private prosecutions, but I do have some calls for you. So what I propose to do is that we take Jay in Durban, Rudzani in Kempton Park, Nonde in PE, and KGM in Mutata. After KGM in Mutata, everybody please, two minutes max, we go back to Advocate Kheri Nal. Let's go to you, Jane Durbin. Hello. Sir. Hi. Good evening to you. How are Good you? Evening. And well, ma'am, how are you? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I am. T- Hello. Yes, ma'am. Please talk. We get. Yes. Uh, in regard to the many people right out there in throughout, they demand the uh, death penalty. Uh, you know, to come back. But uh, uh, regarding my point of view and according to our spiritual con- uh, constitution, and I think the constitution itself the, uh, of the country really, really is against this. So if we have to look at it as how we are condemning that person for having taken one's life. So... If we turn around and take uh, another person's life through uh, prosecution and through judgment and all that, so what that makes us measures also. So I, I feel that, you know, putting um, the perpetrator murderer in a place where they'll have to serve time, isolate them from society, deprive them from all the luxuries of life and let them really, really feel what it is not to have people around them. Very, right. very Thank much. Thank you so much. The Thank other you. thing I noticed, the other thing I noticed in the law, in prosecution and, and judge, judging and passing any kind of a judgment, the victim is eventually is treated like a criminal. And this is so sad knowing uh, the lawyers and attorneys, what they are doing, they know what they are doing, from my point of view, that they are highly educated, knowledgeable, and yet they make the victim feel that they are the perpetrators. And um, this is what uh, uh, makes the human society lose that contact of trust in professional people, you know, people don't want to go forward seeking help and so forth. They rather remain in that abusive system uh, 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 or in that chair. Jay, thank you so much for your thoughts. We're going to have to move on in the conversation. Let's go to Rudzani in Kempton Park. Good evening, Rudzani. Please keep it short and sweet. Advocate Kheri Nell is listening. Yes, thanks. Evening. Kheri um, Nell, I think from my side is just to appreciate the uh, work that you have been doing for the country. And I hope that uh, going forward, at least now, people who feel that uh, justice cannot be served, then at least they can always know that uh, there is an alternative. But here is one question that I have. If, let's say, for some reason, you report a case of maladministration or maybe corruption in one of the state-owned enterprises, ne? then... For themselves, they do the internal investigation with their forensic investigation, but then when they give you the report to say, this is what we have done after you have reported, this is what we have found out, but then you feel that maybe 
the work was not done properly, the information that you gave them, they didn't investigate properly. But then you want them to go to the court of law. Will Africa Forum assist if you were to go to them with that information to say, this is what I've reported, this is what they've done, this is the investigation, I don't, I'm not happy with one, two, three. Can you then assist? I will listen on the radio, unless if you have got a question for me. Awesome. Thank you very much. He just gave me the thumbs up. He will respond when he does at once to everybody else. Let's go to Port Elizabeth. Babungonde, good evening. Bungane, quick one. Yes, sir. Bungane, back in the day, Shabir Sheikh, Zuma, Zuka. Bulelane on TV once said, if I recall, there's a prima facie case referring to Zuma, <laughs> but it is not put in court. My question is, what's in that ill advice? If you know, it's not winnable. Um, wasn't the prudent thing to shut up until the case is watertight and then you talk only in court of law? Second, um, like that Shadrush Sheikh, when the bribe and the bribe allegedly, um, the fact that Shadrush Sheikh was alone in the dark. Mm. We're having the same problem as we had with you the last time. Let's try again. Start on the matter of Shabir Sheikh. You want to start there again? We got the first part. Hello? Yes, Babu Ngonde, we got the first question in relation to Prima Faki case against Zuma made by yes. Advocate Bulela. Yes. Talk about Shabir Sheikh now specifically. Yeah. No, no, no. Go to Shabir Sheikh. Shabir Sheikh, yeah. Shabir Sheikh was blown up on the door and two bribe and allegedly. Now, does it not feel that there was a miscarriage of justice right there when Shabir appeared alone sitting in front of Chacha Squires and not with the former president? And last, why did he believe so much that the interpretation of what is normally called dollars eventualism, that Masipa and himself, you know, whereby homicide, but definitely murder, as the interpretation of that dollars and before, why not become a judge? Because to me, he can be. Understand the ethics of critique, ethics of care, and ethics of justice. So, a very good evening. A very good evening to you again, Babu I'm going to try and summarize some of the points that I think I got just so that Advocate Nell and I are on the same page as it pertains at least to Babu Ngonde's call. KGM, last caller before we return to Advocate Nell. Good evening, uh, uh, so Good evening to Advocate Nell and to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Two, two very critical things for me. Look, I, I respect the, the work that uh, the likes of Advocate Nell does, but I equally am perplexed by, by how the miscarriage of justice uh, is so oblivious in their eyes. And here's an example. Advocate, Advocate Nell believes that uh, uh, they as prosecutors uh, at, at the larger stage, they're doing it for the people. One, why when they, they considered with Afri Forum and him in his personal capacity, why or would they consider prosecuting the perpetrators of apartheid in a sense of the repatriation. I mean, the, the, the term is gone now. The, the, the miscarriage of justice, people who were supposed to have um, been, uh, what's the word, the song is? What you're trying to say, and let me try and assist you there, is those persons who, in other words, got away with it, open, close quote, got away with it in got, the... Got away with it, yes. Sure. Yes. Why, why, if they believe in this justice, why was that not done? And secondly, which is the Absolutely. last point, uh, there, there's an issue of race in South Africa, white, black. Justice has got an issue of race too. Too expensive for blacks, affordable for whites you can i can qualify that by saying too expensive for the poor affordable for 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 the the haves now is he saying the constitution is protecting people or south africans equally despite the fact that if i can afford an advocate like him or billy dunn or whoever anybody that is expensive and i'm i'm in the same case with somebody who cannot afford is, is the justice being carried equally? So, yes, I hope to hear from Gerenel. Uh, Absolutely, and I think I'm going to propose that Advocate Nell deals with this last question first um, before then we go through specifically Ngonde Rudzani and Jay, but I'll prompt you, Advocate. 
Let's go to KGM first. Good. Uh, let me let me try. Uh, very good questions, I must say, um, and very knowledgeable people. You know, before the Pistorius matter, nobody knew of Dolage of Injalis. And since the Pistorius matter, everybody became experts on Dolage of Injalis. I have to tell you stories, Ngeza. I'm sure there's a cocktail about Dolage of Injalis. <laughs> you know, um, during the trial, I'm a, I'm a golfer, so I play golf every weekend. Now, at the golf club, even the caddies the, would tell me about Dolis of Inchalis, and they were 100% correct. I agreed with all of them. So uh, I think the one thing that we did with the um, Oscar Pistorius matter is just to, Indeed. So people at least know what's going on in the court. And I think it's very important that people now realize that it's not a game. When you go into a court of law, it's serious. Oh, it's People's lives are at stake. Oh, it's real. And, and the, the real matters and the, the real procedures and real law. So let me come to the um, answers, and, and i try my best. As far as the prosecution of the perpetrators of apartheid or any matters concerned, I want to make it clear that I'm against selective prosecutions. That's one of the reasons why I left the NPA is because I thought that they were, uh, they were busy with selective prosecutions. Being uh, criticizing selective prosecution, I cannot be selective myself. So I have challenge people and I, and I do, you know, I hate the word challenge, but I invite people to bring me matters and I will prosecute those matters where they merit in a matter. It doesn't matter what, the, what it's about. So being crit- critical about selective prosecutions, I cannot be selective myself. As far as the issues of race is concerned and the constitution, I think we touched on it, uh, Zungezo. Um, I do think, and, and I believe, and I've been there for, for many a year, that it, we, as, as the criminal justice system, are only talking about the criminal justice system, and I think we should also tell people that there's a big difference between the criminal law and the civil law. As far as the civil law is concerned, money plays a big role. Because oh, yeah, for sure. Their money plays a real In role. Fact, it's dispositive yes. of your rights, frankly. Um, criminal matters are a bit different. Criminal matters is about people's rights, is about crime, and there I do think that our courts and our prosecution service um, really do the utmost best to ensure that justice is done um, without really taking into account uh, if, if somebody can afford a lawyer or not. If I can deal with um, Jay's uh, quid before on, you do, yeah. before you do, I just mm. want to play devil's advocate a bit and sort of just keep rolling yeah, the dice do. that KGM was. I understood him to be playing. Is it possible, to the extent that you can say, for an individual to come to AfriForum with a winnable case, at least on an assessment, whoever the assessment assessor is, is it possible? Do you think it likely? that AfriForum would sponsor the prosecution of that case, say it's a former apartheid police officer. I want to, I want to make Somebody it, say like Wouter Besson. I want to make it clear as possible. The answer to that is yes. Without any doubt, if there's a matter with merit and there's no prosecution and there's a, there's a prosecutable matter, we will prosecute those matters. It's, it's one of the principles of the unit that, that I established, and that is we're against selective prosecutions. Being against selective prosecutions, we cannot be selective on our own. And I do think, as Ngezu, and, and I, that our record for the last three years have shown that. We're going to talk about private prosecutions. Mm. I think I'm going to give you an opportunity to reply. Mm. Let's go to Jay, who spoke about the death penalty, making a prime example of those persons who are guilty of heinous crimes, such as killing, and as well as victim rights who tend to be on the receiving end more than the person who has actually committed the crime. Let's talk to Jay's questions. Yeah, you see, uh, as far as the Constitution is concerned, I believe an unalienable right of a right to life. For me, uh, that's what the Constitution is all about, and that's what I'm all about. I believe that everybody, it's possible to rehabilitate any person, and that is society's duty to make people pay for, for the crimes they've committed. But once they have, once we've achieved justice, then it's in the hands of the prison services to ensure that they rehabilitate people and that they put them back into society. Um, I'm against the death sentence. I do think that um, the a, a sentence like a life imprisonment is uh, enough of a detri- deterrent to ensure that people will not commit the same kind of crime. Because, you know, you have to go into the, the 
reasons for a sentence. It's deterrent. It's also see if you can, uh, if society is happy with the sentence, if if the victims are happy with the sentence. But then also you have to take into account the uh, perpetrator, the person that's been uh, convicted, um, and you have to balance all those. And you have to, as as a society that cares about people, uh, have to th- believe that people can be re- rehabilitated and do your utmost. Uh, the one thing, um, and I know you've got lots of issues, the one issue that, that stood out for me is when Jay said victims are treated like, like, like accused. And for that, I feel very passionate about. I do think that if there's one aspect that in the criminal matters we perhaps err, it's in allowing cross-examination of normal people that come to a court to tell you a story with no intention to lie, but they just want to tell a story that we perhaps allow ourselves to cross-examine them and try to make them into liars, which they're not. Can I ask in relation to that point, because you've just taken me to Port Elizabeth, Dauberman, Mm. and how his line of questioning, to the extent that it is not proper, it also becomes a question of access to justice, the ability for then the state to uncover truth, because you've got many people sitting at home who are victims of sexual abuse, who in listening to that particular line of questioning, they simply say, I'd rather deal with the trauma that I've already experienced than go through it again with that particular line of questioning. How deep was it? Did you enjoy it? I mean, the compassion of law, I suppose, has to be called into question in such instances. I don't want to specifically uh, you know, comment on, on that particular matter, but may I just uh, throw you a curveball and say, if you take into account how Barry dealt with cross-examination of all the witnesses in the Pistorius matter. Mm. I mean, he really cross-examined people, but he just did it in a way that I think we should, and that is uh, treat people with respect, but search for the truth. I put it to you, he was known as. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I, I do think that he's absolutely brilliant in the, in the way he does it, because he does it in a way that he treats people with respect, but he drills down and there's a real search for the truth. I absolutely against people treating witnesses badly. Sure. Let's go on to Rudzani's questions, who appreciates your work, but also just wanted to find out the process in forwarding matters, matters to you. What are the triggers in matters that come from administration in the public sector, specifically dealing with SOEs who then conduct internal investigations, which yield naught in his view? To the extent that every forum can do something, what would be the trigger? Um, I do think if we're able to do something, we will gladly. We've taken on lots of these kind of matters where people say there's been investigations and they're not happy with it and, and they never followed through on it, and we've taken that up. Uh, but, you know, uh, if we deal with prior prosecutions later, I think people would perhaps understand what we're doing a, a bit better. We're an office of nine people. We cannot do everything, but we really do assist people. If somebody approaches us, and they've done so on many occasions with corruption at state-owned enterprises or anywhere else, and they feel that's not been uh, investigated to the fullest, we certainly assist. Let's now go to Babu Nonde. He mentioned about the responsibility, whether or not it was responsible for the then NDPPP to say they've got a prima facie case against the then Deputy President, former President Zuma. Secondly, Shabir Sheikh. The miscarriage of justice in the sense that he became the fall guy, so to speak. Whether or not, in fact, he became the fall guy is debatable. And lastly, he mentioned something about Dollar Eventualis, and I would imagine he just wants an explanation of what Dollar Eventualis is in relation to the line of attack you adopted as opposed to just going straight for murder. Um, as far as his first question is concerned, uh, you know, I can do no better as um, to quote what um, Judge Squire said in the judgment. I mean, if you read Judge Squire's judgment, he made it clear that he believes that both of, of Mr. Sheikh and Mr. Zuma should have been before court. You know, um, I don't have it with me, but there's a quote in, in that particular case that clearly indicates that if you allow somebody to live beyond their means, that is corruption. <laughs> and he, he indicated that it happened in that particular case. So um, it's an absolute brilliant judgment by Judge Squires. You know, uh, uh, the la- last caller was KJM. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he mentioned the name Billy Downer. 
an absolute brilliant prosecutor. You know, um, I feel very proud of, of the prosecutors in the prosecution service, and none more so than for Billy Diana. You know, the matter that he prosecuted uh, um, in, in the Sheikh matter was absolutely brilliant. I'm going to ask you to hold it there. It was absolutely brilliant what Advocate Billy Dunnett did in the shake matter. We have to take an ad break. We have to take it at this time, Advocate Nell. There's plenty of time after the break. Please stay tuned, everybody. Advocate Nell in the house. Song as a Mabeto on SAFM, indeed. It's 2042. We've got Advocate Kheri Nell, who is a former prosecutor at the National Prosecuting Authority and now heading Every Forum's private prosecution unit. We're in conversation with him, talking all matters to do with criminal prosecutions, especially something which we're going to get into in the last 10 or so minutes, private prosecutions as sort of triggered, if you will, by Section 7 of the Criminal Procedure Act. He's busy now responding to Babu Ngonde's comments about Bulelani Nguka Premier Fakia case, to which he has responded. We're going to talk about Shabir Sheikh and the miscarriage of justice in that particular matter, and why Dollars Eventualis instead of just straight-up murder. Okay, those are difficult questions. As far as um, Shabir Sheikh is concerned, you know, um, it's only a miscarriage of justice if nothing happens later. So if there's a prosecution of Sheikh and he's convicted, but later on, uh, Mr. Zuma or his co-accused, whoever that may be, is also um, prosecuted and convicted, then justice was served. Justice was done. And that process is currently underway. And that process is currently underway. You know, it, it just I hope that the NPA learned the lessons in, in that particular matter, in, in further prosecutions and further decisions they take. That if you delay a prosecution for one accused or whoever you delay a prosecution, it's very difficult to get a justice later because lots of things can happen in a matter. I do believe, and I, and I hope everybody does, that justice should be done and justice should be done promptly. On that matter, I think we spoke about it. There's reason why former President Zuma is being prosecuted now. It might not be a legal reason, but there's nonetheless a reason why he's only being prosecuted now. I do think it's a legal reason. I, I think if, if you read the judgment of Squires, if you, if you followed the uh, commission where Billy Downer gave evidence and where he indicated how strongly he feels about the particular matter and how disappointed he was when the matter was withdrawn earlier on by, um, I've forgotten the, but by Mr. Mshare, how disappointed he was at the time, then I do believe that there are real mat there's merit in, in the prosecution, real merit in the prosecution. Also, there's merit in ensuring that justice is done for society's sake. No, I think you and I are saying the same thing using different words. I'm saying the fact that it has taken as long as it has for the former president to be prosecuted is less legal and more political. It might be, but you know, um, People will now say that um, I've lost the plot. But if I was uh, Mr. Zuma's counsel, I would have done exactly the same thing because we have to say mm. he, he only used his rights that, that he's got in terms of the Constitution. He followed all of them. So he used his rights up until a st stage now where the courts have said, that's it. That's the end of it. Now we have to go to trial. So if it's good for other people, it must be good for the president as well or the ex-president. So okay. I do think that he just used his rights in terms of the constitution. Very well. Final comment. Why Dollis Eventualis in pursuing the matter against Oscar? Um, well, well, we, it, it never started out with a search for Dollis Eventualis. But if the facts um, tend to show Dollis Eventualis that somebody foresaw something and and still proceeded in, in, in pulling a trigger, then uh, one should use it. Um, I do think that it is absolutely brilliant that people understand that murder is not Dolly's directors where you directly want to kill people, but also where you foresee a possibility, just a possibility of death ensuing, but you carry on. Nonetheless. What, nonetheless. And, and then again, also you have to then draw a distinction with culpable homicide where you just act contrary to what a, the reasonable person would have done in those circumstances. Sure. So I do think it's, it's technical, but I do think that more South Africans understand it now. From Thailand, we have a comment from one Mobile Bengu saying selective prosecution is an interesting angle. The question is, does Afriform envisage that they will have enough cases to pursue in the long term? And if so, will they consider a national footprint? Brilliant question. Um, when I started off, I thought that um, there will be a very limited amount of cases available. I've changed my mind. <laughs> In three years, I've, I've ab absolutely changed my mind. Uh, we, we will be busy, and we will be busy for a very long time. 
And because selective prosecution or the, the, the fact that the NPA fails to prosecute is not only for political reasons. Sure. It's mostly for political reasons, but it's also for lots of other reasons. And um, so, uh, and, and one of the ones that uh, I feel particularly that we should deal with is where, you, where people are perhaps too scared to prosecute corporate bullies, big corporate companies because of, of the money and the power they have. And um, we, we would like to do that. So um, a national footprint, I think it would be brilliant. Let me just say that if we open it up to South Africans to understand private prosecution and they, they use it more, then I've done what I, I set out to do and I can go play golf. That's a win in one respect. That's a major loss in another. It would be to that extent that you have a national footprint, an indictment on the NPA itself, surely. But the mere fact that, that we've been there for three years is an indictment against the NPA. Absolutely. Um, but having said that, I know Shamila Batwe very well. Um, we've worked together in the Scorpions. She was the head of the Scorpions in KZN. Um, I do hope that we'll give her a chance. Um, I'm still critical. I think things should happen quicker. I think we should see more prosecutions. I think it's possible to see more prosecutions. Perhaps they're playing the long game, trying to sort out the NPA from the inside. Um, but I do think that we should give an opportunity to do what she wants to do. And if she has the support that she needs, I do think that she has a chance. We should especially be patient with her, considering the fact that she's lost four decades worth of experience in you. Now, <laughs> let's take a couple of calls very quickly, please. Now, George in Uppington and Mary in Johannesburg. 30 seconds each, please. George in Uppington. Hello. Okay. Hello, ma'am. Oh, good evening, Songhezo. Good evening, George. How are you? I'm fine. Okay. Do you want to um, ask a question, please? Very quickly. Yes, yes. In fact, um, Advocate Nell, I'm just asking my question to find out as to whether we can get some um, assistance from uh, AfriForum. A, a cousin of mine, a young man then, in his early 30s, one morning out of the blue, the police were on our doorstep. Oh, sorry, Mary. He sorry, was Mary. Um, uh, uh, taken Mary, by the police. Mary, please listen to me. I, I, I am very respectful to what okay. you are proposing okay. to do. But I think you're going to get into a private matter, which is not for the audience or South Africa, oh, oh, as right. it pertains okay. to a specific case. What we oh, can okay. do is, and I promise we will do so, we will get your details, and I will pass them on to Advocate Nell, and I'll kindly request that his office gets hold of you for the purposes of engaging this, because I don't think it's for the forum of national discussion. Thank you so oh, much for right. your indulgence, oh, but oh, I can right. guarantee you we will follow on that. Let's go to George in Uppington, if he's still available. George, are you still there? Okay, George is not quite there, but let's nonetheless continue. Let's talk about private prosecutions then because we've sort of dipped every now and then with some of the questions and answers that have come through. Section 7, how do we get to a point whereby the NPA issues a nulla prosecute certificate such that essentially the private prosecution is now available and essentially that is where your work starts? And it's four things one should know, uh, Zengizu, and the first is the... All matters that the police investigate will eventually end up with the NPA and they have to decide to prosecute or not. So they have the first bite of the cherry to decide to prosecute or not. In terms of the Constitution, there's only one national prosecuting authority, and that's correct. They All they should take a decision. Only once they've de decided not to prosecute, do we have a right to approach them. So number one is they have to take a decision. They have to decline to prosecute. Only then can we approach them to ask for a nolly prosecute certificate. I'm impressed that you know that. And so that will allow us to prosecute. But point number two is when we apply for the certificate, we indicate to them why we think there's merit in a prosecution. Then they have a second bite at the jury. They can decide to prosecute. And it happened in lots of our matters where we apply, we indicate to them that there's a case and they decide to prosecute. Because um, the, the issue with us is we want to ensure that there's no selective prosecution, equality before the law. So if they prosecute, it's a victory for us. So the point number two I've dealt with. Point number three is if we start with a prosecution and we do well, they're obliged to take over from us. They have to admit 
trial. They have to say, we want to take over and we will pursue this prosecution. The reason for that thing is, is uh, money. Is if we, before we can even issue any summons in a private prosecution, we have to guarantee the cost of the accused. Because if we lose, we have to pay his cost, which is correct. You can't just get somebody before court and he gets uh, somebody like Barry Rue and it costs him an arm and a leg, mm-hmm. uh, with respect to Barry, um, <laughs> to, to defend him um, and uh, for nothing. So I agree that there should be. So we pay, uh, we guarantee the cost before we start. So if we lose, we have to pay his cost. But the flip side of that coin is if we win, the state has to pay our cost. So that's the four things you have to know. And perhaps the fifth issue is once we enter the court with a prior prosecution, then it's exactly the same court, same um, magistrates and, and judges, uh, same law of procedure, same law of evidence, exactly the same, same sentences. Uh, we just act as prosecutors instead of the state. Of course, in terms of the state, the magistrate is that of the state and you don't bear any costs as it pertains to his or her time. Not at all. Not at all. Um, They, for the state, they they have to oversee all trials in this country and that's what they do. Topical on the country's mindset, or at least sort of on their lips, is the matter of Senzo Meiwa. It's been since 2014, not a single indictment on any individual. You know, um, we, we're really glad and, and, in fact, honored to, to be involved. I want to say two things before I comment. You know, when the Maiwa family came to see us uh, the first time, I was totally taken aback by the humility, the, the, the nice people sitting there, and that they only want justice. That's all they want. You know, the, the humility, um, the, the people said, we just want answers. We don't get answers. And that's the main thing. So that's why we jumped at the opportunity to get involved. Um, and um, the second issue, though, is, you know, when we got involved, we wrote a long letter to the Minister of Police and the Commissioner of Police saying that we're acting for the Miwa family. The Miwa family had lots of interaction with the police. They, they're fairly happy with the police. Can we assist? Let's work together. We sit with years and years of experience. We want to use that. We haven't had a response from them at all. Not whatsoever. But what we've had, Sangezo, is we've had lots of people phoning us, consulting with us about what they know about the um, unfortunate murder. And we had 230 new cases from people all over the country indicating to us that their murders of their loved ones, that they haven't heard a thing from the police, police haven't been forthcoming, they don't know what's going on. And I don't know if you read in the papers, we had two people from a place called Matsusana uh, in the Eastern Cape. It's 900 kilometers. Yes, I heard. Yes, yes, yes. I 900 kilo- kilometers from here. They got on a bus. They, they drove all no, the... sorry. Advocate, now let me interrupt you right there because I'm feeling now this is a gross gross breach of the rule of law that people can leave so many police stations between where they left home to your offices and believe that of all the legal avenues that the law provides for them through public funds and resources that the private player is the one that is best suited to pursue a crime you know Zingesu, let me just tell you the story so they took a bus two people 900 kilometers. They got to Johannesburg. They got a taxi in Johannesburg. They arrived at our offices without, without an appointment saying that, can they just talk to us? Because they've now had it. They have written to the They have phoned the, the office of the minister. The minister referred them to the prov- prov- provincial head of the police. The provincial head of the police referred them to the cluster head of the police. The cluster head of the police sent somebody to them in January 2019. They haven't heard a word. These people lost a father and a mother a year apart. So, and we've got lots and lots of these matters. And that's why I'm sitting here criticizing the Minister of Police and, and the Commissioner. We've, we've reached out to them saying, let's work together. Let, let's see if we can solve this for the family. But they don't want to work with us. But 
Certainly. We'll do our utmost best, and we've got things in the pipeline that might happen as far as the case is concerned. Let's go to Scully in Durban, who's one of our loyal callers. Scully, make it very snappy, please. We don't have too much time. Good evening. Good evening to you, Sengezo. Thank you for taking my call. Sengezo, thank you for bringing Karina. And um, I just want to wish Karina you know, all the best in the future. And, and, and thank you for being for the public, like, you know, and, and especially for taking on Sengezo's um, mayor's case. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for bringing him on. And all, yeah. all the luck. Thank you so much. For his justice. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much for your calls. Two and a half minutes to go. We've got Advocate Kheri Nell in the house. I suppose we don't have enough time to take another call right now. But Advocate Nell, there is, to whatever extent it may be true or not, a perception nonetheless that AfriForum remains a right-wing organization that is there for the interests of the white, particular Afrikaans community. What might you say in response to that, especially in the context of this conversation and your clientele in the private prosecution space? You know, um, Zengeza, when I took up this position three years ago, I had lots and lots of those questions. And all I asked the people is to give me an opportunity and to judge me for the cases that I'll take on and the work we'll be doing. And I'm open to anybody to, to look at the matters that we've taken on. Who we've assisted. You see, Zengezu, if we take on a public prosecution, if we take on a prosecution like, for instance, tomorrow we, we in court with Mr. Tomoyane, mm. who assaulted his, um, the mother of his grandchild. So it's not so much who we act against, it's who we act for. We act for a mother. We act for Gabriela Engels against, um, Ms. Mugabe. We're acting for, um, the wife of Mr. Bezos against Mr. Bezos. So, People do want to judge us on the accused and the matters we're taking on, forgetting that those are not our clients. Our clients are those people that are the victims, and they I should be judged. And uh, I certainly say, judge me on what I have on my books, and I'm happy to let you do that. And I suppose the best way to leave this conversation is to quote the great man Madiba himself when he said, we don't care the color of the cat as long as it can catch mice. Indeed. Thank you Indeed. so much. Advocate Kheri now, private prosecutor, institutions head at every forum, former state prosecutor with the National Prosecuting Authority, talking to us about life and times of Kheri now in the NPA and outside the NPA with every forum. So we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It was nice to be here. Excellent. 21 hours. It's time for news.